Welcome to the Daily Ding on the Athletic NBA Show. I am Jared Weiss, and I'm joined by our Sixers beat writer, Rich Hoffman, to talk about, I don't know, Shake Milton's fit in the rotation? Is there anything else we could talk about? Maybe Ben Simmons, I guess? Maybe a little bit. Maybe a little Isaiah Joe talk if we uh, if we have a little time. But uh, Oh, that, yeah. we'll have a bonus pod for Isaiah Joe, obviously. But let's talk about Ben Simmons, because uh, he's in town. And... Uh, apparently his house is up for sale. Uh, there's been plenty of Twitter investigation on that one. And he came into town to get his COVID testing done and didn't tell anybody. So what the hell's going on? Basically that he didn't tell anybody. And, uh, it went from, you know, about a week ago, him saying, Hey, I'm, I understand the financial ramifications of my holdout. I'm willing to do this for a long time to, yeah, three season, three preseason games, a million dollars. That's that's enough. Let's uh, let let's get back into town. And yeah, I don't know what his house is like. It's like the the Fresh Prince meme, you know, when he's got the empty empty living room. But yeah, he he is back in Philadelphia to the surprise of the Sixers, as has been reported. And uh, what that means from here on, I'm not exactly sure. Is he gonna play? Is he gonna be actually invested, like willing to play hard? Because that's you know, for all Ben Simmons' faults, he does play pretty hard on a on a consistent basis. And uh, what are his teammates going to feel like? Like, what how, what are those conversations going to be like? So, you know, I think it's it's certainly a positive step, and it's something that the Sixers, as an organization, they've been very confident that hey, he's going to come back at some point here, and we we're, we are going to take him back, and we want him to play. The, the second part is a little trickier because I mean, it's it's easy to say that. But in practice, with all of the baggage, with all that has gone on over the past, I don't know, two, three months, we'll see how that goes. But yeah, he is back in Philly. Okay, so uh, Doc had a pretty incredible presser, yeah, was that yesterday, uh, where he basically said, I don't know, I got to call Woj to find out what's going on. So I guess what else was said about the situation? And did he ever find out what's going on? No, I mean, I mean, he, I think he, as you probably know, Jared, Boston guy, you know, Doc doesn't always say exactly uh, what he means no, in some of those. No, uh, yeah. can't be true. Hate to break it to you, but sometimes that that is the case. Uh, he, you know, he's been pretty positive about it. I mean, he, you know, he even mentioned before the game, before Ben showed up and presumably before he knew um, that, you know, he felt like his conversations with Rich Paul have been better over the, over the past few weeks. Uh, he certainly, he certainly backtracked from, you know, comparing him to, some political uh, people, I would say, uh, a couple of weeks ago. I, uh, yeah, I think Doc, like Daryl Morey, has been pretty steadfast and just saying, like, look, we want him to play. And that's, you know, I, I know that seems unbelievable to some people, but like, we want him back. We want him to play. And, and that's basically what he said before the game. I think he, you know, after the game, he did acknowledge, hey, man, it's great that he's back. You know, we still have some work to do. He still has to clear the COVID protocols, which takes a few days, if uh, I'm not mistaken. But, you know, Doc also mentioned like, hey, he, uh, as crazy as it sounds, it's not unrealistic if he comes back this week and he is willing to play. We could see him opening night next week in New Orleans, which, I mean, to me, and I'm sure to like anybody who has been following this, it just seems crazy. Like, it just seems like it, it's not, uh, it's not tenable from a chemistry standpoint, but I don't know. I mean, things have at least progressed a little bit in that direction over the past few days. I mean, how do you integrate someone like Ben who is going to be on the ball a ton when he hasn't been there and there's all this contentiousness between him and the organization? 
I don't know. And it's, it's funny because, you know, Doc and, and Joel have been remarking over their past couple of preseason games. And by the way, I, I realize hey, preseason, couple of wins, that doesn't mean you're, you're having a parade in, uh, in seven months. But they've been like moving the ball around in a way that it doesn't always happen that way with Ben. Ben is a great passer, but he needs the ball. He's kind of a, he's a drive and kick guy. So he's a late decision maker. They've been pinging it around, like kind of like Utah style around Embiid for all of these threes. And hey, maybe part of that is the Brooklyn Nets. They didn't seem like they cared about playing last night. So that's not like, you know. Well, they're also missing their point guard too. They are. They are. Uh, Not that he would help on the, on the defensive end, but uh (laughs) He, yeah, I don't know. They definitely played a different style. And it was funny. Like a lot of us, like, like, as the writers said, you know, they're definitely not better without Benson. There's no way you can say that just because of the defense and all of those things, but man, they were pretty aesthetically pleasing over the past couple of nights. And yeah. How do you reintegrate a guy who, yeah, it's like you said, like he, he has the ball in his hands. He will have the ball in his hands. I imagine if he plays again, and it's not just that he's been away for a little bit, like he, he has been away he has not talked to a lot of these people since he passed up that shot in that game seven, you know, three, four months ago or whatever. So, you know, MB talked about it after the game, like, Hey, like we, we've made some adjustments. He, he needs to buy in on, on that front. So th- that'll be interesting. But I think that the main answer is just, they'll be like, well, at least we don't have to have Matisse Diable start or Tyrese Maxey start. We can just put Ben Simmons on the other team's best player. And we'll win some games doing it that way because that's what we've always done. I think that's how it'll work. Okay, so I guess I won't ask about whether they're better without him, but from what you've seen so far, could you see them being better if they, for instance, traded him for CJ McCollum or you know someone who probably isn't quite at his level uh, potential-wise and maybe even current impact-wise, but is a better fit for how they want to operate? I just worry they have like a lot of small guards on that team, Jared. I, I just don't know what defensively, if you if you remove him, yeah, Embiid is the best defender on that team. You know, big guys, they, they certainly, it shows up in the advanced stats. They're just, they make more of an impact. But it, it just, it feels like a little bit of a house of cards. If you remove him and you have to move everybody else up one spot, I worry about that a little bit. I do think they would be a better offensive team if they had like a McCollum type. I'm not sure they'd be a better team. But they, they honestly, the, the way they looked in the preseason, I, I wonder if he watched some of those games and thought, yeah, they're not going to stink without me. They, they're not going to be good, but you, you can see why Daryl Morey, I think, was pretty confident this whole time. That, hey, okay, if Joel gets hurt, okay, yeah, then we're screwed regardless, whatever. But if he's healthy, like if Tobias is here and we're playing this cool style, like, yeah, okay, we're not going to be the one seed, but we're still going to be in the playoff hunt. And, you know, maybe we'll never get to see that play out, but but I do wonder if he, he watched that and was like, yeah. They're not as bad as I thought they might be without me. So, I mean, does it even matter if they're at the top of the East for the first few months of the season while they try to play this trade leverage game out? Because it's like, who cares what the seeding is, really? They're probably going to be facing the same teams in the second round if they can actually are good enough to get there. So they might as well just keep playing this out and try to look good so that there's less leverage for Simmons to force them to make the deal they don't want to make. Exactly. And I mean, as as much as we care about this season. And as much as I think this, I mean, the Sixers definitely care about this season. Like with Joel Embiid, you have to be all in every year trying to win uh, just because of the obvious reasons. Like how long is he going to be healthy and playing at a high level, hopefully for a long time, but we don't know. Uh, And he's like hitting his prime now. Like he's at that age where this should be his peak competitiveness. He's, I mean, he's, I I watch him every night. He's just, he's ridiculous how good he is. But uh, 
so so they they are very much all in but but daryl Morey is looking at this through like the long-term view and seeing like hey this is my last card to play before we would have to look into trading joel if like if it doesn't work or or whatever like this is the last move we can realistically make to get a high impact player around joel that fits better and he just hasn't liked the offers that, that he has gotten. Um, I, I agree with you. Like, I think there, there is an argument to be made that like a McCollum or somebody who probably is available at this point, uh, kind of a, a sub all-star or somebody who's close to an all-star or whatever um, could, could have really helped them. But I, I, he's thinking big and for better or worse, like I, I don't have any idea if, if a disgruntled star will pry free in a couple of a uh, couple of months. I, I think there is a lot of risk in banking on that for sure. But, but that's the way they're thinking. And, and it's, you know, as, as much as he cares about this year, it's more like this trade needs to be made for the next two or three years. Did Joel have anything to say about any of this over the last couple of days? Yeah. And, and that's to, to me, that's the most interesting part of this. If Ben decides to play, which I, I think the Sixers are, it's part of this deal here. Like, I think he, he overplayed his hand and he, I'm not sure he could do the whole fake injury thing at this point when you hold out, so brazenly like you, you just make make it very clear that you don't want to play for the team uh that's the thing that i i, I find interesting because joel you know throughout his career and, and since ben has gotten here i, I don't want to blame like the entire media but it's always been a storyline of like hey do these guys actually get along do they, do they really like each other or is that a combustible situation and as somebody who has been around the team for a long time yeah they're not best friends but, but I, I think they had a plenty good enough working relationship to, to where if like Ben Simmons progressed as a basketball player, I think this thing would have worked. Like, I think they liked each other enough to do that. It's been slightly overblown in my opinion. Now with the events of this off season and with some of the, the chatter probably coming from Ben Simmons camp that, Hey, you know, maybe Joel is holding him back. And that's, you know, that's one of the many reasons they use to try to kind of make this situation uncomfortable for the Sixers. It's not the only thing they said. Uh, I think Joel finally got a little bit fed up and you hear it in his comments. You hear it when he said something along the lines of like last night, he was like, Hey, look, it doesn't have to be awkward, but, but he needs to buy in. And that's, that's part of this. Like we, we, we have made some adjustments from past seasons. And, and the thing with Joel Embiid that always, I mean, it just always makes me laugh. Like even when he tries to say the politically correct, uncontroversial thing, there's always like one little jab in there. That's just like, Ooh, that's what you really think. And uh, with Ben Simmons, it, it's been throughout the years. It's always been like, you know, when they had Horford that one year and their spacing was just a disaster. He was like, you know, some of us have to step outside of our comfort zones and I don't know who that is, but of course he meant that, you know, it's like one of those things. So he's been pretty open about like, Hey, uh, he's, if he comes back, he's going to have to buy in. He's going to have to do some things differently from past years. So that that relationship, I think, is the main one I'd be watching for. All right. Well, we will keep our eye on the story here on the Athletic NBA show. Rich Hoffman and Derek Bonner will have it covered from every angle imaginable over on The Athletic. So be sure to subscribe at theathletic.com slash ding. Be sure to read everything that Rich writes. It's always good. Sometimes it's mediocre, but that's like once in a while. It's always good. Uh, so we will see you next time on The Daily Ding. Sign us out of here, Rich. Ding, ding.